All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to, I guess I normally would say another episode, but I guess it's the first episode of a yet-to-be-named Tigers podcast. We'll let the higher-ups figure out what they want to call it, but uh, it's the first uh, Tiger podcast of 2023. I'm Tony Paul with the Detroit News, joined from Lakeland by the Tigers beat writer for the Detroit News, Chris McCoskey, who's working on his tan and uh, talking uh, talking to all, uh, all the guys who've shown up down in Lakeland. Chris, how are you? It's going well. Um, the weather down here is not much better than it is uh, down there or up there for you guys. I understand, so I'm not I'm not way ahead of the game yet. So I'm kind of bummed about that, but we'll be okay. Yeah, it is a it is a balmy 55 degrees out as we speak <laughs> in uh, in Oak Park, Michigan, where this end of the broadcast is coming from. But uh, yeah, well, we'll get right into it. Spring training is underway. Pitchers and catchers report Wednesday. Uh, and Thursday down in Lakeland. And I guess uh, first going in this 2023 season, um, you've been doing this a while, a lot of different seasons, a lot of different teams you've covered, but what, uh, I guess, what are some of the big storylines we're going to be looking for out of Lakeland in the next uh, six weeks? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is intriguing. And this is the first one we've had with the new leadership group. You know, it's a very different way of going about things. There's a lot more research and development people. There's a lot more, um, scientists and, and um, analysts and a lot of techies running around. So it, the I, the overall IQ of this camp because of that is way higher. I mean, so it's way different. I and mean, we haven't seen Scott Harris yet, the, the new president of baseball. Um, he's supposed to be down here. Uh, probably tomorrow we'll see him, but the storylines are, it's, it's incredible to think of, you know, there were, there's no third baseman. So we, we thought with a new leadership group that there were going to be a lot of changes, a lot of new players come in. Well, that hasn't really been the case. There have been new names, but there's nothing. There's a lot of openings. Third base is wide open. And the, the however they use second base with Jonathan Scope, if he gets thrown into third base, then second base is wide open. So, you know, we get, they, there's, you know, there's spots in the outfield, the backup catcher, the bullpen is, is, is up for grabs. A lot of spots in the bullpen up for grabs after, trading away Joe Jimenez and Gregory Soto and Andrew Chafin leaving and Michael Fulmer leaving last year. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things to, to, to get settled here in six weeks. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, other than third base and possibly second base and outfield and backup catcher and bullpen, you're pretty much all set to go. <laughs> no, we're all set at shortstop and center field. Should be good. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll start. Let's just really quickly. Uh, we'll we'll get into some guys you talked to today here in a little bit. But um, I mean, third base is a big one. Uh, where? What are the options? Where do they go? Yeah. Well, they they made the trade uh, with Philly for Soto, mm-hmm. and they got Nick Matan, who who I think is going to get a, a real good look at that. Um, they've got they've got Tyler Nevin, um, Phil Nevin's son, is is in is in camp. Um, then they have after that. I mean, Matt Veerling is another guy they got from the Phillies. He, he, I think, is going to be in the outfield mix more so than at third base, but he's also going to get a look there. And then after that, Ryan Kreider is going to have a really good look at it too. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is in, in here and on rise, a non roster invitee. He's a 10 year veteran who's at the back end of his career and has primarily been a second baseman, but he can certainly play third base. I think what they have to be careful of, Tony, and I think AJ has addressed this to a little degree is. You know, the, the easy answer would be to move Scope mm-hmm. to third base. But then you have no second baseman. And, and, and if Scope, if he can play second base like he played it last year with no shifts, which, you know, they, they think he can. He was a gold glove finalist. 
um, then why why weaken yourself at two positions? Mm-hmm. So, I, and I think there's time still too for Harris to do something. There's going to be players made available. There always is at the end of every camp that that that, that could be a, something that they end up solving from outside as well mm-hmm. as we get deeper into this. But right now, it's it's uh, wide open. Yeah, normally when it's wide open, you you got a couple guys who are battling it out. It's a position battle, and here yeah. you, here you just don't have anybody. <laughs> no, and and I didn't even mention guys like Andy Abanez, who was the opening day starter for the Rangers last year, who's playing for Team Cuba. He's in this camp trying to win that job as well, and I'm I'm sure there's there's a couple others. I mean, ultimately that job could and should belong to Cole Keith. I mean, he's the guy that, that they're all everybody's fired up about in the system, a power hitter. Good athlete, big, strong kid. Uh, he's still young, but but very mature physically. I mean, he could be knocking at the door either by the end of this year or certainly by next year. So this is sort of a transition year all the way around. And that's probably how I'll end up framing this year. You don't want to always using the word rebuild for good reason, but it's most definitely a transition year. Yeah, they that that was one thing when Scott Harris held his introductory press conference back last fall. One thing that stood out to me was that the word rebuild was like the plague. They weren't ever yeah. utter that. Chris Illich didn't <laughs> utter it, and Scott Harris certainly didn't. I remember asking him about it, and they just refused to utter that word. So it's not a rebuild, but obviously it's it's a developmental year. Yeah, um, so- I, are you a little surprised? I mean, you kind of touched on it, you know, not a ton of new fate. Are you a little surprised by how the offseason played out and that there wasn't more I don't think I was expecting a big splash because I felt no. like when you're the new guy in this situation, you're going to come in and you're going to assess before you make your big moves. Um, so I never felt like there was going to be big moves, but are you surprised at the, I don't know, at the, I guess the lack of, of roster turnover. Um, I, I am. I am and from, from initial, from initial when, when we talked to him at the GM meetings in Las Vegas and he very pointedly said, you know, I, I want, uh, a left-handed hitting infielder, corner infielder, and a right-handed hitting corner outfield. He was very specific about what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So we went out, you know, of course, we went right to the list and said, okay, this guy would fit, that guy would okay. fit. But it, it, when I, and I I hedged my, myself on this only because I don't know who he really made a good pitch for. Like, he could have been in on some guys and just didn't get them. Mm-hmm. So that that changed it. And we don't know that for sure. Yeah. We, you know, we heard of some of the guys, some of the names that they were in on, but they were, they were never going to be – the the hundred two hundred million dollar guys because they're simply right. not in a position to win. They're right. still in a transition. They don't know what, what direction. They do have these kids coming. So Harris, I think smartly, even though it's not popular, but smartly, I think he's taken a year to evaluate exactly what all is here for sure. Guys like Colt Keith in the minor leagues. Guys like Riley Green at the major leagues. Who is Spencer Torkelson? You know, who is is Eric Haas good enough to catch a hundred games, one hundred twenty games? You know, they got they got to figure that. Where's Jake Rogers at coming off a of surgery? There's a lot of really hard questions that have to be answered, important questions for him to determine the next phase of the, of of building this team toward contending. Right. And you didn't want to blow all your money this offseason when you have to sign Shohei Otani next offseason. So you know, you know, I, you know the, understand. Tony, the narrative that bothers me about this is when people say, Well, it's Chris Illich, he's cheap. He's not gonna spend well, you know what? He spent a lot of money last year, and how'd that work out? Right? Yeah, it's it not just spending right. the money. Right, it's being smart about it and getting the right people here and having the right foundation to put those people in. Right, right. I was joking about Shohei Otani, kind of. Oh no, I know you were. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, although, no, yeah, absolutely. Although, You're going to be careful with your money. And he, he did spend last off season. I mean, they spent. I think they spent more than all but 25 teams last off season. They just moves haven't panned out. 
and then so you're kind of in this situation now. But um, uh, you mentioned Jake Rogers. What's the situation there? What is the situation with catcher as we go into spring training here? Well, it, it, Haas is Haas is one, and then there's a really there's a pretty good battle between Rogers and uh, Donnie um, Donnie Sands, who they got in the in the Phillies deal as well. Donnie Sands is a very interesting guy, um, very tough tough minded guy, um, underdog. You know, he had to, he lived in his car for a while. His mom had to move to Mexico to work, and and he really fended for himself and, and made himself what he is. He's a good hitting catcher. Who they they rave about his pitch framing and his pitch catching ability as well. Young, so I don't know what kind of a pitch caller he is. Hasn't had a lot of experience doing that at the big league level, but um, he's an interesting guy. I think right now they they need to see what Rogers can handle physically because they played their best stretch of baseball in the last three years when hot when Rogers and Haas shared that position in 2021. You know that that's uh, Rogers is legit. He's legit in terms of what he brings intangibly. Of leadership, in terms of camaraderie, in terms of smarts, um, his bat started to show some signs uh, right before he got hurt. So he's a he's a big guy. He's an important guy. But can he play that? Can he handle the rigors of a whole season coming off Tommy John? Right now, he's flinging the ball around the yard like like he never has before. He looks really good, but he hasn't had to squat for nine innings, and he hasn't had to do a lot of things that we'll find out how his body will respond as the camp goes on. Yeah, you know it's interesting because you, you don't. I mean, with pitchers, you always say with Tommy John, with they're the bulk of the Tommy John surgeries. It's like an 18 month process. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's very similar for a lot of pitchers. It's the 18 month window, but for a position player, you guess you don't really know, you know uh, you, how you, it's going to work. You know why? Hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, with a pitcher, you can control his environment. Right. He's pitching. So you can control what he does during bullpens and, and with, with catchers and position players, it's, it's all instinct and movement. Right. And how do you try, how, how do you, control that environment like how do you do a situation where okay this ball's going to go two feet to your right you got to pick you got to grab it jump and throw it sidearm to first base right you know you can't right. really control those kind of things so it's no. more it's more tricky no that's a good point uh that'll be one to watch um another one you mentioned outfield uh riley green um you assume austin meadows um and then yeah that's the other one that we're waiting to see how he is right he's right. coming through some a lot yeah. of stuff you know with mental health issues in, in his body. Mm. He's, um, he's lighter. He's, uh, he's in great shape. He's in great spirits. Um, but again, you know, we got to see how that plays out. He is a player. Now he, oh, if, sure. And if you go back to 19, I mean, this guy's a legit player. There wasn't it, any it was Tiger trade fan. There it. was not a single Tiger fan who didn't love that trade when it was made. When it happened. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I, I think he can be, you know, you talk about bounce back guys and they have a, a roster full of bounce back candidates, but he's a guy that, you know, if he, if he gets back to hitting 25 home runs and, and doing what he can do out there, I think that's, that's massive. And that, that, that locks up one corner. Then you can platoon Veerling, who's a right-handed hitter and Badu, who's a left-handed hitter, who's still finding his way in left field. And you got Riley in center and then the, whoever else you want to rotate through there. Uh, Kerry Carpenter can be a DH and, and a, and a part-time guy in the outfield as well. And Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> Michael Lorenzen, I need him to hit. I need him to hit. I'm he telling ordered, you, he ordered the bats, right? He's got the bats coming. <laughs> they probably made we're gonna like those him. himself. We're, we're gonna like him a lot. He's a really good guy, smart. He's a, he's a fun guy to talk to. He's he's got a he's got a good disposition, and and hopefully he you know he 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 can give him thirty starts because yeah. uh, that would really help solidify that. Because you again talk about uncertainty. We don't know Turnbull Spencer Turnbull's coming off. Tommy John, how how much is he going to be able to go? 
Matt Boyd, we know he's capable. He's a workhorse, but he only pitched 13 innings last year coming off the the, the wrist uh, flexor tendon surgery. So, right. And Matt Manning has not pitched, uh, you know, 100 innings in a year, in a while. Right. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. You wrote a good story about Michael Lorenzen, which people can check out at DetroitNews.com um, on all your coverage from spring training. But um, back to Meadows really quick. I'm, I, I think he's really one that's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, obviously, you know, he like, like, he missed a bunch of time with injury last year for people that don't know and then came out, you know, about the mental health and he was open and honest about that. And I just wonder if being open and coming out with that is going to kind of take a load off a little bit um, with him and, and maybe just free him up a little bit to get back to, to what he was uh, used to doing. So I, I think he's a fascinating guy to watch. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point because I feel like people in that situation um, trying to hide it yep. is worse than putting it out there and dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And the response that he got from putting it out there from his teammates, from players around the league, from people in general across the country, across the world, was so positive and so supportive that I think you're right. I think a, a load was taken off. That doesn't mean those, that doesn't make that situation go away completely. No, no of course but, not. But, but when you're fighting it, you know, you're fighting it and you know, you have that support and you don't have to be in, you know, hiding it or, or trying to say, Oh, I, I just don't feel right. Or, you know, you, you can come on and say, look, man, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. I think that's massive. I think that's huge. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. When you know that you have people in your corner, like you said, um, it doesn't make it go away, but it does, uh, it, it at least gives you some hope that, you know, there are people behind you and, and with you yeah. through it. And, uh, I, I think that that can only help and pretty brave of him to come out and do what he did, um, last year. I'm really fascinated to see what uh, the season holds for him. And the other, um, the other area you mentioned was the bullpen, um, being some, you know, not very many returning guys there. Um, and I'm going to ask you, you know, when they signed, and I know he wants to be a starter, but when they signed Matt Boyd, I, I thought that uh, that's a perfect piece for for that bullpen. But he's going to start, huh? Yeah, he's definitely going to start, and I and I think his his repertoire and his his history says that that's the best place for him. But what makes this building this bullpen unique is that what we talked about with the starters. There's going to be innings restrictions on a lot of those guys. Right. There, you know, you can't expect guys to go through. From what we've seen in the last couple of years, you know, you're going to need. 13 starters, 12 starters event, you know, you guys are going to have to, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to have restrictions. And so you're going to have to have, so what they're going to do, what they're talking about doing is, is guys who would be fighting for a rotation spot, like Bo Brisky, Garrett Hill, Ronnie Garcia, you know, uh, the rule five kid, Mason Engler is a starting pitcher, but he's a good looking kid. And if they want to keep him, he's probably going to have to be one of those multi-inning guys in the bullpen. So there's going to be a lot more swing guys and spot starter guys getting bullpen spots. And not as many, I mean, not many at all, like one inning guys. Mm-hmm. Like he, AJ's made it very clear to these guys, you you all are going to have to do multiple innings. Now that doesn't mean Alex Lang is going to be pitching three innings because he's he's probably leading content, candidate for the closer job, him and Jose Cisnero. Uh, Tyler Alexander's a fixture down there as a long leaf man. But Brisky and Hill and these guys can bring 95, 96, 97 with some wicked off-speed stuff. And, and, you know, you get three out of innings out of them. They, they can change a game. The Astros have done this using guys like Javier and guys, guys that can, that can pitch their starting pitchers really, but you bring them in in the third, fourth inning and you get four innings out of them. That, that changes the game. Then you bring your late inning guys in and it's, you've shortened the game by that much. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of the, the mindset. I think that they're looking 
in terms of building this bullpen. Well, it makes sense. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, and you mentioned it, that, you know, the workload on the starters, um, you know, a lot of guys coming back from injury, including Boyd and, and uh, basically seemingly everybody or guys yeah. who didn't pitch much last year, including Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. Literally everybody. Right. Um, so uh, you caught up with Alex Fayedo today. I'm uh, just curious how that conversation went. What stood out uh, with that? Yeah. I should have mentioned him. He's, he's in, he's in that big group of guys that could either, there be um, starters six through twelve in the rotation, or he could be in the bullpen, given big innings, long innings. He he's a fascinating story, and um, when he was he was drafted, first round, helped Florida win the World Series. Mm-hmm. He threw with a funky delivery. It's three quarter. He had a big kind of like a hump, like he he would throw his, his uh, neck over and his show. It looked terrible. It looked weird, but he was effective. He got outs. And everybody said the, the big knock when they drafted, well, he's going to get hurt with that delivery. He's going to, so when he got here, they changed the delivery. Mm-hmm. They made him get more over the top. And sure enough, two years later, he's got Tommy John's surgery, misses two years. So in the meantime, the Tigers completely over revamped their development group. There's more biomechanic people here. There's more technology here. There's, they got all the, the bells and whistles, all the data, all the, everything that everybody has now they're caught up and it's changed so much. So now after he's gone through the, the two years of Tommy John, had the hip surgery after after making his debut last year, and now he's throwing bullpens out here. He's throwing exactly how he threw at Florida. And that's exactly what the biomechanics are saying, is that this was your natural motion. This is what, this is how you're supposed to move. This is the healthiest uh, way for you to move. And and he's, you know, I, I don't think he's throwing great right yet because he's not built up strong enough. But his delivery is, is like he, t- he said today, I've never felt this good. And I can't remember the last time I felt this good off the mound, just with my throwing. Mm. So amazing how, you know, people say, well, how, why are they spending millions of dollars on this research and development? What is that all about? Well, this is what it's about. It's it's taking guys and not not costing them three years of their career because they, they, they looked funky. You know, right. there was no data to support. It just looked funky. Right. Well, you caught up with Alex Fayetto and you asked and he talked about that and here's what he had to say. They've always been like, when did you start trying to raise your arm slot? And I was like, when I first got here, I just kind of felt like it was one of those things with prior people that I wasn't throwing correctly, this, that, and things like, you can, as a player, you're like, all right, I have to change, like this is what I'm being told. They kind of relayed to me that that was incorrect and what I was doing was correct, like the guy that they drafted. And, uh, you know, throw for more of that three-quarters arm slot, just sling it, play like an athlete. I wasn't always a PO. Um, play like you're a short, like pitch like you're a shortstop, just be athletic and throw. And, like, it's crazy because now I'm throw, I'll throw a bullpen and then the next day, like, all right, how you feeling? How you feeling after your arm slot being there? And I'm like, I feel great. I feel like I throw a bullpen again today. And that's how I always felt. Like, I've never felt, like, arm pain, things like that. It's going to be so, really encouraging from, like, a performance standpoint, too, knowing that. Yeah. I'd say, like, year. the last three or four weeks, we're, um, throwing my bullpens here and, like, really sitting down after each one with John being here um, and then seeing what he has to say after he calls Fett and Robin and them going over things. And uh, I feel like I'm feel like I, I I'm a lot happier with my day-to-day doing all that stuff, seeing like progress and, and, and feeling the right way. Yeah, so that was Alex Faita talking to Chris McCoskey today down – this is Tuesday, by the way, February 14th, down in Lakeland. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the funky-looking delivery, that's the thing. It's like – yeah, I remember when Max Scherzer broke in, broke in with the major leagues, right? And you heard people say, well, that's a weird delivery. That's an injury waiting to happen. Yes. And, uh, that hasn't exactly panned out that way. Well, that's you know, that's what this different ways to, There are different ways. Just because something looks funky, it seems a little short-sighted to change because of that. 
Right. And, and, and now the, with the biomechanics, you know, you can, you can, it can tell you how you're supposed to move. Right. They can tell you what is your natural movements and, and it shows where the strain comes in. They sh- it shows you what, at what point your arms are, it, the, the muscles are going the wrong way or whatever the, the technical words are for it. They, they'd strap you up to these, these things. Like, like when you're doing a video game, you know, and they strap you up and they show you all your motions they, this is amazing stuff and it's expensive stuff, but it's, it's invaluable. And, and the tigers are, have come in late on this. Obviously we know that they're probably five years behind on it, but they're catching up now. They're caught up now. Mm-hmm. And, and Harris being here is a big part of that. Cause he's changed a lot of the people there and a lot of the stuff that, that, that they're doing. Yeah. No, that'll be, that's, that's interesting. You know, that was the thing when, when Alex Avila took over, when Al Avila, sorry, uh, took over as GM, I remember there was a big push to get more into analytics and, but, you know, there it, it became relatively clear right away that, yeah, they just because they were improving it, they were so far behind. Yes. You know, and I think that maybe you're seeing that on this end, on this end as well, so far behind in the, in the biomechanical stuff that, um, you know, there's a lot of catching up to do. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. But more rotation stuff. You said you're still waiting on Eduardo Rodriguez to be showing up down there. Is that right? Yeah, we haven't. Um, he he had the uh, he could have come in early because he's he's on the Venezuelan team for World Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had the opportunity to come in early if he wanted to. He chose not to. It's not a big deal. He's not late. Um, he just it's it's when everybody else is there and he's not. You know, it's like it sticks out. But he's he's supposedly in a really good place. Um, the troubles he's he's back with his wife. That everything looks very happy there and so they they kind of fought through that storm which is wonderful um he's expected to be here tomorrow i haven't seen spencer turnbull but i've been told he's here he's definitely here he is doing what he does very well and that's avoid the media <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to corral him at some point but um he, he's going to be an interesting study too just because you know of, of you know it was a it was a slower process for him he there was hope that he'd at least pitch somewhat competitively at some point last year and he never did. So we'll see where he's at. All, all signs again from AJ, from what AJ has told us, he's, he's ready to go. He's anxious and ready to go. So we'll see. Yeah. Outside of Austin Meadows, I think I'm probably most interested to see Spencer Turnbull. I mean, people, you know, people have short memories. If you know, threw a no hitter last season. Uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah. that's the other thing uh, with his command stuff though. I, I always wonder about a guy, well, a guy like that misses that much time right. and he has that much work done to his arm. Like the the one thing that they always say, guys come back from Tommy John. The last thing to come is command. Mm-hmm. Well, in his whole career, the last thing that's come for him is command. So yeah. I wonder how that's going to play too. You know, just coming off, come having a command issues to start with because his stuff is so funky, so uh, so wicked, mm-hmm. um, and then having to, to try to repiece it together after Tommy John. It's good. It is going to be fascinating to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you've had different spring trainings. Um, you know, this one. You know, a lot of spring trainings, at least back when they were competitive. Um, you know, there were maybe one, two position battles that became the whole focus of spring training. Yeah, and right. this one is um, basically everything. Is this more fun? <laughs> no, I <laughs> think it is. Right about probably. Yeah, it's more more storylines. Right. Um, I it's a double edge because you know, at one hand, you'd love to have all that firepower that was in camp back in those days. You know, from J.D. Martinez, Victor Martinez, Ian Kinsler, uh, David Price, Verlander, Scherzer, Santa, uh, Annabelle Sanchez. I mean. There was a story at every locker, right? A, a, a major guy at every locker. Now it's like, well, let's introduce you to Trey Wittgentner. You know, let's let's introduce you to Cesar Hernandez. You know, it's so it's a different thing. But there's still in this business, as you know better than anybody. There's, there's 
there's always something to write about. <laughs> right, right. It never stops. No, that's true. And you know that I'm getting a kick out of out of the story so far from spring training because honestly, um, you know, it's like major league, right? You know, who the hell are these guys? You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of you're kind of getting introduced to some guys and kind of some guys with some upside. I mean, I'm not saying everyone, That's true. I'm not saying everyone you write about is going to be a major contributor, but you can definitely see that there's some guys on here that, uh, that are strategic um, signings by Harris. That's, to see I'm glad you have. said that. I'm really glad you said it because, because what, what Harris has done and these guys may not have big names, but they have a profile that fits what he's looking for. And what I mean by that is, these are guys that have good plate discipline. These are guys that control the strike zone for the most part. These are guys that have a good idea at the plate. I think Matt Beerling can be a special player. He's incredibly athletic. He can play multiple positions, but he's fast. He's got an elite sprint speed. Um, he can hit for power. So, I mean, there, there's a lot. Like you said, that these guys aren't household names by any stretch, but they're talents, and they, and they fit a profile that this team has been lacking for so long you know for even even back in the good days there was way too much swing and miss there was way too much not getting the guy home from third because the guy was trying to jack the ball in the seats you know i mean it's just there's there's a profile that doesn't mean he's gonna be successful not, they may not pan out but at least he's got an idea he's bringing guys in with an idea with that guys who project project to play a certain way right uh, the right way if you will yeah no, it's true. Um, it's going to be an interesting spring training for sure. Plenty of things for you to write about. You can um, catch all of Chris's stuff at DetroitNews.com. Uh, this podcast is new for 2023, and we're going to, you know, the goal is always to do it regularly, but, you know, sometimes things don't pan out, but we'll do our best um, to bring regular updates uh, via podcast throughout the season. But um, what are some key dates coming up? When do they start games? What's uh, What are we looking at here? Uh, well, you asked me that question, and I don't know the I'll answer to that, but, I, but right. I can tell you that the first uh, workouts for full squad is Monday. Right. I think they have the first game might be the 23rd. Don't hold me to that, though. Mm. It's, only, it's really it's really quick, and it's um, it comes really uh, – this is the first time since 2019 we've had a actual six-week full normal spring training. Right, right. So right. it's it's going to be uh, – that will be different. <laughs> I'm probably yeah, going to feel yeah, tired right, at yeah, the Yeah, because COVID, obviously, and then, uh, you know, delayed. And lockout. And lockout. And, um, and, but you still and, – and, again, to throw the, you know, World Baseball Classic in there, it's still not going to be totally normal. Some of those That's guys – That's true, too. Missing, those, some of those guys are going to be missing for a bit. But, um, all right, well, I, uh, I've held you long enough here today for our first podcast. Appreciate it. Um, I'll let you go work on your tan while the sun's still out. <laughs> And uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll do this uh, we'll do this periodically throughout the spring and and more probably more regularly throughout the regular season. But again, catch all of Chris's stuff uh, at DetroitNews.com. You can find him on Twitter, also at Chris McCoskey. And uh, we'll go from there. Chris, enjoyed it. We'll talk soon. Me too, Tony. Thank you.